It's not always the big things that change the world. It's the small acts of kindness that happen repeatedly over a lifetime that make the world a better place. So every week we share a story of someone like you who is doing good in the world in their own way. Welcome to Doing Good with Carmen Herbert. Hey everyone, I am Carmen Herbert, host of the podcast Doing Good. We are so happy that you've joined us today and I am so happy to have my dear friend Brooke Stone from Mercy River on the podcast today. Brooke, it's been way, way too long since we've talked to uh, each other. It really has. We need another Trader Joe's run or something. <laughs> we totally do. Brooke and I, when we did some Time Out for Girls way back in the day for Deseret Book, we would do Trader Joe's runs and stuck up on candy and snacks. And it was so fun. And I have the best memories of like eating cookie butter out of the jar in your hotel room and like yes. trying all the different snacks. Yes. Just great memories. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Brooke Stone is one of the um, three beautiful, amazing women from Mercy River. And they met, Brooke and Whitney and Sony met when they were sit, um, singing in the Jenny Phillips Choir. And they found a common love for tight harmonies and sharing their love of music there. And so they decided to form their own group called Mercy River. And they've traveled all over the United States and Canada sharing their beautiful music and inspiring messages with people. Each member of Mercy River brings several years of experience performing, writing, and directing hundreds of firesides and concerts, as well as recording on dozens of inspirational albums. So together, they've recorded and released six studio albums with their label, Shadow Mountain Records. Brooke, Whitney, and Sony use their music and messages to advocate for women and girls, maternal feminism, strong families, and inter internet safety. You know, all the most amazing, awesome <laughs> things. If you haven't heard their music, you're living under a rock <laughs> because they're awesome. They're like desert book darlings. Like you're... I love, love, love your latest album, especially. It's beautiful. Brooke, tell us the name of your latest album that you released. When was it last year? Well, it was, it's, I think it was 2000. It might have been 2018. So two years ago or 19. I think it, I think, no, it was. We did a little Christmas, a little Christmas blurb last year. And I loved and the so Christmas blurb too. That, that was fun. I know. Beautiful. I'll sing Christmas music all day, every day. But I think the other step forward might have come out in 2018. I, I okay. might be wrong on that. I'm stuck in the coronavirus oh. bubble. So yesterday is tomorrow and today is yesterday. Like, I don't know any day of the week. In fact, I've scheduled several people to come on this podcast with me. And I've told like three people the wrong days. So they'll be like, just to clarify, we're doing it tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, no, the 8th. And they're like, yes, the 8th is tomorrow. No, the I'm like, <laughs> Okay. And I have a calendar. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who uses the calendar? It's not even, who, yeah. No. Who even knows what's going on? Yeah. So, and this is why I love you so much, Brooke, is that it's so much fun to talk with you and to be with you. You're just so real, genuine, authentic. You tell it like it is. Aww. Like, I just, you're just an awesome friend, an awesome person, beautiful singer. So, welcome to doing good. Thank you, girl. You're so sweet. <laughs> so, let's start out. And let me just ask you, when you first went, met Whitney and Sony in the Jenny Phillips Choir, did you have any intentions of starting your own breakoff music group or being in a girl group? Or was it something that just sort of organically happened after you met Whitney so, and Sony? Yeah, so we um, were singing with Jenny Phillips, who's another LDS artist uh, with Desert Book. And we were in her Also group amazing and, and wonderful. Yeah, she's I, she's incredible. I don't. She now does this homeschool thing, and everything she touches is just phenomenal. But 
Um, yes. It was actually her idea to put the group together. So she kind of handpicked us out of her, her touring group and just said, I just want to do something a little bit different. And I think your voices and your personalities will match. I think because it's hard. three girls can be hard. You know what I mean? Like you just don't know. Three, if it's hard. three, three girls is going to work out. And she's like, I think it'll all, it'll all mesh really well. And so she wanted to write kind of a different feel from what her normal music was. And so she formed the group. She wrote our first album. Um, so it was interesting because it wasn't really anything any of us were looking for. It just kind of got dropped in our laps and we were just thought okay what what do we even do I, I didn't think we'd get past the first album to be honest with you no way so, you're like oh no. okay at three girls doing this and who's that's the thing that that I love about all three of you is that you are all so wonderful individually and and yet your personalities are different enough that you work so well together Mm-hmm. And yet you're all like the nicest, most inclusive, like, like you said on, on the website, like in the intro, like women empowerment and, and it, you're so inclusive, like it's not an exclusive or, Hey, look what we're doing. I don't know. I, how, how do you feel like, or why do you feel like it works so well for, with you girls, like your personalities meshing together? Like, because like you said, sometimes it's hard. Girls are very competitive and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, even like, oh, she looks like this or, oh, she's better at this or, but I've never, ever sensed that cattiness or competitiveness between mm-hmm. any of you ever. No, it, it doesn't even exist. Honestly, I don't think I've ever felt competitive with any of them. I don't, I don't even know. I, it's so funny we joke about at the beginning we kind of established family roles like I'm the dad of the group <laughs> it's just, like I do a lot of the planning I do a lot of the you know like I just kind of and and Whitney's the mom she's the kind of the one who's always worried about everybody makes me wear your seatbelt and are you eating are you getting enough sleep like she's like that kind of person and then Sony is our little kid we just she's just so <laughs> I love this so much. It's so stupid, but like, she's just, she's so sweet and so kind. And you automatically want to just wrap Sony up and take care of her. But that softness about her kind of balances Whitney and I, because we can be a little bit more aggressive and we can be a little bit more like outspoken. And it's just interesting because I think what works with us is when we're on stage, there's always somebody on stage that you relate to. Like you might hate, two of us, but you're going to love the other one. Do you know what I mean? No way. So, yes. So it, there, we just know that we all connect with one group of, of people and, and right. the rest of us can't connect with. Do you know what I mean? And I, well, I would say that nobody hates any of you. That's like, <laughs> like un, I, I can't even imagine that at all, but I totally get what you're saying that there's like certain girls that jive with other girls' personalities. Yes. And it's very yeah. true. Like, with your, the stories that you share on stage and your ex- life, collective life experience, mm-hmm. someone has a story that someone can connect to and relate to. And I think that's what part of what's made you guys so successful as a group is, is people feel like you're not putting on a perfect persona of look at us because you, you could easily think that you're also beautiful and talented and fun and, and, you know, Utah famous, you know, like it, you guys are, <laughs> you guys have a name and it's people look up to you. And so it would easy, it would be easy to be intimidated and yet you are not intimidating at all. And when you open your mouth and you share your experiences and your testimonies and, and your losses, people really relate and connect to you guys. And you're so open about that. Have you felt that in sharing 
very personal and 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 tragic stories that you've been able to sort of bridge that that gap and be able to connect with people in, in the audience and and have them feel mm-hmm. like hey I I relate to what you're going through yeah and I think that um, what feeds the vulnerability for us is every time you know we can get on stage we've always said this we're not really performers we're more presenters like we're here to present a testimony or present a message. And I, I don't think any of us wanted to be in this business for entertainment value. This is solely to to share and to uplift and to heal, you know? And I think yes. healing comes when you can come into a room and say, hey, I've experienced this heartache. And all these women can say, oh my gosh, I experienced the exact same one. And so it's just as healing for us as it is for them. And I think that's why the three of us have we just grown to love each other because we know each other's heartache so well and I'll you know we can say I'm so glad you had that experience because the women need you for that and yes. I'm so glad you had this experience you're the women need you because you have that experience and you're going to touch all these women and so and I keep saying women because we normally perform for you know we're usually with groups of women yeah. <laughs> yes perform. we're always laughing when like a teenage boy likes our music we're like seriously like, really <laughs> but you that's awesome. I'm glad you love it. But you, but your music really is, it's, I mean, any age, any gender, any, even, even like religious association, like it's all inclusive. Your music is too, like it's, it's inspiring and it, and it is Christian based, but it's for everyone. Everyone can listen to it and be uplifted and inspired by it. And I've always said, I've always said that, the more loss you've experienced in your life, the people that I know that have experienced the greatest loss are some of the most happy, peaceful people I know. It's like, how in the world can you be so happy when you've experienced such devastating loss? If if you choose to be, there's times right. and seasons and periods and it's okay to grieve. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. But when you get past that and with the Savior's help, anyone can, it's possible it's like it opens up you're able to experience the exquisite joy because you've experienced such deep sorrow would you agree with that oh 100% i feel like when i go i you know some of the things i've gone through my favorite title of the savior has now become a man acquainted with grief and i just think that grief allows us to become more like christ and christ was a happy person you know and i just think that grief has to be like pain and sorrow and loss have to be encompassed in a feeling of joy. Otherwise you just thought you're not really getting the whole picture. Right. I totally agree. And, and that's why we're here as hard as it is to experience the whole gamut of emotions, the grief, the sorrow, the love, the pain, the sickness, the health, everything like that's, that's why we're here. And, and of course, Mm -hmm. Satan wanted us to just almost be robots in life, you know, like not experience anything. We were reading in the scriptures with my boys last night, and it's, it was the scripture and it said, because the Lord loves his children, he, he chasteneth them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he chasteneth. I so we look like, what's chasteneth? What's chastened? And so, <laughs> and, and my Beckham was like, chase, like, like being clean and good. And I said, oh, that's close, but not really. It's, it's, it's discipline. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's, you know, he, he disciplines and, and he teaches his children. And I thought if there was no discipline, if there was no opposition, if you, it's because he loves us that he lets us go through these hard experiences. And sometimes that's hard to, that's hard to take. Like you love me. So you're letting me suffer or you love me. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're giving me discipline and, and, and you're 
chastening me. Like that seems hard okay. to imagine. And yet it, it makes sense because otherwise we would not grow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, and it's the scriptures say that, you know, there's opposition and everything. And I've been studying the, um, the word opposition and, and how that plays a part in what our earth life is going to look like or what it looks like. And I just think it's interesting how opposition is in everything and all of God's plan, there's opposition through it. And so, yeah, you have to, you have to have both sides. It's just, it's just imperative in order to get, to feel joy the way he feels joy. So tell me why you've been studying opposition. Well, I just think it's, um, are I there mean, things right now that <laughs> 2020, 2020 is just throughout all, the year? <laughs> it's just full of opposition. Yes. Yeah. I just, I just, just like this, this is an interesting um, impressions that I received and books that I've read. And I just have really been in, um, interested in the story of Adam and Eve and what their experience means for me and my life. And so opposition is plays such a heavy role in their story. Yes. And so I, that's what I just kind of, it's kind of, and so I, you know, reached out to a friend. I'm like, let's study this opposition because I feel like it, if it was important for Adam and Eve, it must be important for me. So is there a book what, that you've read that, that, that you would recommend? Well, um, what kind of got us onto this is um, it's a book called Outwitting the Devil. It's, uh, it's an older book. It was written by, um, now I'm blanking on the author, but it was, it was an, it's an old it's an old book that was written in 19 I think like 37 or something and uh, oh, wow yeah but it got published in 2011 and you read it and you think there's no way this wasn't written in 2020 it, it's just such an imperative book but it it talks about you know it talks about the role of Satan in on this earth and how he was placed here to be you know opposition and anyway that's what started the whole thing but it's, it's really an incredible book it's kind of a life changer and and how to break free from Satan's grasp and, and to really, you know, use our own minds and our own belief systems to help us find joy. So it's a that book. is super interesting. Even the title outwitting the devil, because he yeah. is so witty and smart mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, um, and my patriarchal blessing just a quick line. I know some people get uncomfortable when you share lines about it, but just, just one line in, in my patriarchal blessing, it says that he is so cunning in the way he proposes his activities that most of the time he may go undetected. Oh, wow. And so it's like it, and then it talks about how it, it's going to be so important for me to be able to stay close to the spirit so I can detect him in as many forms and, and yeah. in all the little, it's the little things because I am, I have been tempted with, I mean, like anyone else so much in this life, but there are certain things that are not a problem for me at all. Mm -hmm. And others that I feel like I, I am buried by. And so, mm -hmm. and he knows me and he knows me so well. I mean, mm -hmm. intimately even like he studies us. He mm -hmm. knows us. Absolutely. Yep. And, and so while one person may struggle with pornography and, and, or, or drug addiction or alcoholism. And I've had family members with all of these things. Another person may struggle with feelings of inadequacy or feeling like 
I'm not worth it. I, I shouldn't even be here and, and, and depression, suicidal thoughts, or another person may struggle with laziness and, and feel like I, I, what's the point of even doing anything? And, and yeah. Satan hold, I, it just holds us back. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the whole purpose is to stop us from doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And, and it's some people, he can do that with drugs. Some people, he can do that with, you know, tempting them with other things. But the whole point is just to say, I'm not going to let you be who you are and who you are meant to be and, and, and fulfill yeah. your divine role and your goal. So how can I do that? And I love that you talk about Adam and Eve because we know in the scriptures, he approaches Adam and and he asks him if he's going to partake of the fruit. And Adam's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then he knows, but I know that you love Eve and trust mm-hmm. her. So I'm going to, yeah. when he's like, well, we're going to see about that. And he goes to Eve and mm-hmm. the way he approaches her is with, with half truths. Like uh-huh. if, you, if you eat this fruit, then you'll know good and evil and health and sickness. And you should do this. And he persuades her in a way that works for her knowing mm-hmm. that, okay, now she's going to go get Adam to eat the yeah. fruit because, yeah. and he, and he knew that he knew, mm-hmm. oh, he's not just going to take it. But if I go to Eve, so he, he gets us in the way that, you know, that, that he knows, oh, I, I, I know you. I'm, and I'm so yeah. what is one of the, what is one of the ways that you have learned in your mm-hmm. life to outwit the devil? So, well, for me, a hundred percent, it is distractions. Um, it, it, your patriarchal blessings might my patriarchal blessings full on says he's going to try to distract you that's his that's how he gets to me and I feel like um I know that and so it often will pull me back but this year it's been a struggle it it is so difficult to not be distracted right now I want to be distracted like please distract me from what's going on it's so true yeah let me just watch down to nabby i don't even want to know what's going on outside yes. outside of my bedroom heavens like i don't even know want to know what my kids are doing but and it's interesting because <laughs> my friend is like you my friend says you just need to find time to be still and while she's telling me this i have the loudest house in america i don't know what it is but everything i would rival you on that i would rival <laughs> you on that <laughs> so while she's saying it my four-year-old is running through the halls and my dog is barking and my son has his three friends over and they're running up and down the stairs and yes. I look at her and I'm like uh-huh yeah yeah Stillness sure would be great that sounds yeah. awesome and so I just it's been really difficult to try and find time to really be still even when I am like everyone needs to the other day you know I said it was during a remote learning day. I'm like, everyone needs to be quiet. We are reading for 45 minutes. Nobody talked for 45 minutes. And sure enough, every, and I got all of my scriptures at this point, every three minutes, somebody has something to something. say or needs something. And it's just, it's almost like it doesn't exist this year. And I, it has been such a struggle to not be distracted. So like, I don't even know if I can stand up here and say, you know, truthfully that I am outwitting the devil right now. Like I, it has been a really, really hard year to try and, and not let him take me off of this straight and narrow path that I know where it's going to go. I know if I stay yes. here, I know it will go to Christ. I know he's on this path with me. Why am I moving my eyes? Why? You know, but it's, it's really hard. Honestly, this has been a rough year for it. I am so. right there with you. I'm right there with you. And at the end of the day, when I'm laying in bed and I think, okay, time to study the scriptures. It's like, I'm not kidding. There's like a force literally working against me. Yes. And it's like, oh, but I need to check um, my email for this first. And oh, look, someone yep. posted this funny thing. And I'm just unwinding. And then an hour goes by and I'm exhausted. <laughs> and I'm like, 
what have I been doing? I, I could have read and studied and I know it's what I need. That's the thing is it's like, we know what to do, right? but we, but so why don't we do it? It's it, it. Why? It's so, it is so hard. But I think the point is, is that we're, we're trying, we're still doing right. it. We're yeah. still in there fighting for it and, yeah. and we're not going to be perfect on a lot of days, but yeah. we're, but, but we're recognizing I'm, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to try again. And that's another yeah. lie of Satan's is that, well, you're already failing. So why would you, why are you trying right. to do it? Why try? Well, why try? It's, been it's been interesting too, because I feel like over the last few months, when I do get into my scriptures, I'm picking things up almost immediately, which I kind of feel like Heavenly Father's throwing me a bone here. Like he's like, I know you have five minutes. I'm going to hurry and give you this. You I'm going to hurry. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't always happen that way, but I'm actually surprised how much insight and inspiration I've received in a seven minute period, because I feel like he knows, I know you don't have any more time today to like really dive into here and really, you know, give me your heart and soul. So I'm going to give you everything that I can in this short amount of time. And I'm just so grateful so I for that. And so when I do open up my scriptures, I kind of go in there being like, okay, Heavenly Father, this is what I've got you need to give me something and he delivers and it just, it has just been a testimony builder every single time that happens. So I love that. He helps. (laughs) He meets us where we are and, and, and at different phases of life, we will have the opportunity to dive deep and study. And I look at some of my friends whose kids are older and they can Mm -hmm. send them to bed and read. And I'm, Uh I'm the same stage of life with you. I have a a six, four, two in kindergartner, sixth grade, fourth grade, second grade kid. So, and they're all kind of roughly the same bedtime ish still between eight and nine, nine thirty. So by the time they're all in bed and they're asleep and I've sung them songs and I help the little ones brush their teeth and we read scriptures, it's like it, now it's time for me to go to bed. Now I'm exhausted because yeah. I have to get up. So I think that there will be times when we can just oh, study in peace and, and dive in. And Sundays are, are, are great if we can, but that he will meet us where we are. If we have seven minutes and we say, yeah. I'm here that he will show up for us if we show up for him. Yep. And that has come like been shown to me more this year than ever before. So I love that. That's awesome. So does um, Mercy River, do you guys write your own songs? Do you think, do do you get songs pitched to you? Where does your inspiration come from when you're like, okay, right now we really need a song about overcoming or, you know, do you think, okay, what, what should we, what should we write about? What should we sing about? How does that work? So we do kind of, it's a mixture of everything. Um, we write, we have songs pitched, we do covers. Um, a lot of it is based on things that, to be honest, like usually messages that we need to hear. So we're kind of like, if I was, if I needed a song right now, what would the message be? And I, what's been so interesting about being a part of Mercy River and talking to thousands and thousands of women all across the country is that we're actually more alike than we are different. And I yes. think that if, if we're struggling with something, there's a really good chance that there are thousands of women that are struggling with the exact same thing. And so if I'm yep. going to, you know, if I need a song for me, I guarantee they're going to need it too. Um, yes. So we kind of pick songs based around that. Um our last album for Step Forward, it was kind of based around President Nelson's talk, um, <clears throat> just um, a plea to my sisters. And then we also had like a really great conversation with Tim Ballard over who's over our underground rescue and um, and, and the work that he does. And, and just had, there's a lot of power in women. And we just kind of wanted to 
enforce that, like almost wake everybody up and just kind of bring everyone together. And so a lot of the songs on that album were, were put there um, to bring women together and to empower and to strengthen and to, does that make sense? Just yes. to kind of get us, to get us all on the same page. We're fighting for the same cause. Why do you think that, and, and maybe, maybe this isn't a true statement, but, but in my opinion, it feels like women either need that more or seek after that more than men. Like women especially need to feel like we're doing a good job. We need to feel like we're okay. We need to help each other. We need to build each other up. And I know men, men need that too. And, and, and they need to feel validated and love, but it seems like women are much harder on themselves. They compare themselves more mm-hmm. and women need women. Like we need each other. Like when our, mm-hmm. when, when church went from three hours to two hours to no hours, <laughs> you know, <laughs> during the, I mean, an hour at home, you know, for ourselves, but when yes. now home church, because of COVID-19 and we're all home right now, it's like, I'm one of the things I miss the very most is just that connection with other mm-hmm. women in my word that I can just yep. grab onto someone and say, are you going through the same thing I am? Like, tell me everything. And, you know, Brad doesn't grab another guy and be like, tell me how you're doing. And, you know, yeah. cry yeah. into his arms. Like, yeah. I want that. And I, I need that. So why do you think that it's so important for women to have these kinds of songs and, and to band together and strengthen each other? I don't know. I, I, I thought that like, why are we so hard on ourselves when our husbands are probably just like, I am amazing. Like they take the trash <laughs> out and they get a gold medal. Right. I'm just like, really? Yep. So I, I, I don't know what it is, but um, I, I would like to think that there is, there is some part of our design that, um, that is kind of like fed through connection. I, you know, it's the same thing. I feel like anytime we have connections with women, or like the, the same things that go into connections with women will go into connections with, with God or our family. And you know what I mean? I just think um, vulnerability and trust and unity and love and compassion are all qualities that we need for connections with Christ and with other people. And so for me, I just, I like, I like practicing connections because it helps me connect easier with with heaven. Does that make sense? I don't. Yes. I love that practicing connections. And I think that's vital right now. And there are ways to do it. Even when we, some of us may feel so isolated and alone. And, and again, that's Satan wants us to feel that way. And it's a valid thing. It's happening. People feel that way, but it, it, it's important to remember to practice connections and whether it's through reaching out virtually, like we're doing today, Uh reading your scriptures, connecting with heaven. We have to make time to make those connections because they're vital to our health and well-being. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even the scriptures, like men is not meant to be alone. You know, we weren't designed to be alone. And so I just, I love that. I love that women were kind of the, the icing on the cake, you know, it comes with the creation. Like we just, there is, there is something very special about about women. And I feel like this is kind of our time to step up and get together. And, you know, and I think we've had to fight a little bit harder for it. And maybe that's why, maybe that's um, why it's more important to us. I don't, I don't know. I think that's a great question. I'd have to think about that. 
What, what do you think we can do to those women who do feel alone or like they don't have a lot of friends or they don't even know where to look for mm-hmm. connections? I know you've talked about in some of your presentations that you've done feeling like you, you've been bullied growing up and you haven't ha- always had that amazing connection with other women. What advice would you give to women who feel like they don't have that right now? Um, well, yeah, I did have a lot of those experiences. I think what really helped me was um, dropping any expectations, first of all. So I didn't I didn't need to be friends with a certain kind of, of person or group. It just, like friendship, like I said before, I think that we have more similarities with people than we do differences. So to concentrate on on how I was alike or how we were, what we had in common versus, um, you know, what was different really helped. Instead of thinking, oh, that person's not like me or we would never get along, like to drop those judgments right up front. Right. And, and to assume that I know what's going on in their lives or assume that I know what they're going through. And because I was always wrong. The other, the other part that kind of helped me was I finally kind of decided that I was going to stop waiting for people to come to me. And I just decided I was just going to make the, you know, take the initiative and, and make the first move. And basically kill them with kindness. I kind of read this this thing one time and I read it to my teenage daughter, this study that they did where they interviewed these kids and asked them who are the most popular kids in school. And then they asked them and they listed them. And then they said, okay, now we want you to list the most liked people in school. And they listed them and compared the list and they were not even close to being the same. They weren't even the same people. And so interesting. So so we've had that conversation a lot. Like there's a difference between being popular and being liked. And so, you know, just, I think it's just important to not have any expectations to go in with compassion. Don't be afraid to make the first move and to be vulnerable. I think if you're going to be private and shut in, and I think that's scary is all get out. If you're going to be it vulnerable is. and you haven't been vulnerable, I'm, I'm an overshare. So for me, I'm me like, too. What's a big deal? <laughs> me too. Like, let me <laughs> tell you everything about, about my life. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, let me just tell you everything. Let's dive deep. I don't do all surface conversations. No, Here's I don't either. <laughs> everything about me. You never wanted to know. <laughs> I know. It's so true. But I have learned that I can usually, I say 99% of the time, strike up a relationship with someone within 15 minutes because there is something in common between us. There always, there's always something in common. So I, I it awesome. does take practice, but I really, really believe that if you put yourself out there and, and to the right people and have compassion, it, you know, I think it can happen. I think that's such great advice. And to pray for the people that need friends too. pray for people that are looking for someone and, and that need a friend and, yeah. and to put yourself out there. There's so many times I'm looking at people and I'm like, what are they doing today? And why didn't they call me? And they're probably thinking the same thing. What is she <laughs> doing? How come they haven't called me? We're all probably thinking the same thing and, it's and are on the same page. So I love that to reach out to other people and, and be the friend that you want to have. Yeah. And I honestly, I think too, if there are, you are going to encounter, you know, I did have bullies in my life. I, you're going to encounter people who are, you know, in a, or who are hurtful, but I think hurt people hurt people. So if, if they're hurting yes. you, there, there's probably something really horrible that's going on yes. in their lives. And that's my first thought. Every time, you know, I just think, okay, what's going on in their lives? And I try to teach my kids that, well, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And so I tell Maybe my kids that all the time. Happy people don't hurt people. Happy yeah, people exactly. are not hurtful. And so, and my, my little boy had an experience at school the other day and he was crying. And I said, did you know that that person 
it was a teacher and I said, she just went through mm. cancer and mm. she is having such a hard time and she's maybe scared and, and feeling sad. And it, even for my son to, Oh, so it wasn't about me running in the halls. It was about right. her maybe just getting another test result back or not being able to hear or something else that right. she snapped and took it out on him. It wasn't, a, it wasn't about him. So many times right. it's not even about us. That's right. a good reminder. Yeah. Well, Brooke, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and talking about, oh my goodness, it was so fun to talk with you and and just to talk about how women need each other and ways that we can outwit the devil and just get it together during 20s. Keep it together. Get it together. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. All of the above. Just survive. There's a book. Totally. There's a book I've been reading my kids at night and it's called The Boy, the Fox, the Mole, and the Horse. And I probably mixed up that order. And he's by Charlie, um, like Mansky, or I I think that's how you pronounce his last name. And it's just like, you can just pick it up and read any page. And it's the most beautiful book. Like check it out, go online, type in those words. You'll come up with the right book. But, but the page that I just read last night, the horse says sometimes, and the boy said, sometimes what? The horse said, sometimes just getting up is magnificent and brave. And I love that right now. Like sometimes just showing up for that seven minute scripture study, sometimes reaching out to a friend and trying to practice and make a connection. Sometimes just literally getting up, not even getting Mm -hmm. ready. You don't have to get ready. Yeah, I'm in in my sweats with a messy bun and no makeup right now. So, but I got up, I got up. So if you got up today and you're just out there trying, you are being magnificent and brave. And and so thank you. Thank you for showing up and for coming on and and for all of the good that you are doing. Oh, back at you, girl. Thank you so much. You're so darling. (laughs) I miss you. I miss you. I miss you. We need to get together in real life in person sometimes. Yes, yes. Please. Thank you so much for listening to Doing Good. I'm Carmen Herbert, and thank you so much, Brooke, for coming on the Doing Good podcast. If you want to listen to any other episodes, go on the Doing Good podcast exclusive to the Our Turtle House app. It's free, so tell your friends and family. And if you have anyone in your life that is doing good, please, you can DM Jumping Turtle on Instagram, go on the Jumping Turtle website, and nominate someone that you feel like is out there doing good. Thanks for listening to this episode of Doing Good with Carmen Herbert, available exclusively inside Our Turtle House. Our Turtle House is a digital membership site with content your whole family will love. From exclusive full-length talks from some of your favorite speakers like Hank Smith, Meg Johnson, and John By the Way, to podcasts where they answer your questions. There's even daily devotionals made specifically for your teenagers. For more information or to get your first month for less than a dollar, go to OurTurtleHouse.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you back here for another episode of Doing Good next week.